Hello and welcome to Grace Life Stellenbosch. We are a gospel-centered church family focused on reaching the unreached and making disciples. We pray this teaching will help you to grow in your relationship with Jesus and discover more of the reality of Christianity. We're starting a new series and it is called Prayer, Presence and Power. And what really got me going is this verse from Judges 6, verse 16, the first part in the Passion Translation says, Yahweh replied, uh, if you can just go back to the, the slide please, I worked really hard on it so I want to look at it a little bit. <laughs> Prayer, presence and power. Yahweh replied, my presence and my power will be with you. Amen. And when we pray, I want us to realize and to remind it and, and, and to remember that His presence and His power is with us. So when we pray, we don't just pray our words, we pray with God's presence, we pray with His power. And then I was meditating on it, and I gave a word to someone in church last week before the service. And uh, this person basically was just, you could see, like, cut to the heart. And, and him and I both were like, wow, okay, we didn't expect that. <laughs> because it wasn't the profound, thus say of the Lord, but it, it, was, it was a good word, it was one sentence. And you could just see, and, and the words that he gave me was, um, on Friday night, he said, listen, that word, this I designed on Friday afternoon. Just, I'm just giving the Holy Spirit some, some air time here this morning, amen, that's what I'm doing. Not blowing my own horn, just showing you what's possible if you listen. Because we've been practicing hearing from God, living in His presence and going with power. So what I designed this on Friday afternoon, and I was really wondering what should we do, prayer, presence and power, and I had like the prayer hands and then power, I had a muscle, and I was like, but how do you do presence? And with God it's face to face. Because in Hebrew there's no word for presence. But in the New Testament it's no longer face to face. Because He's now in us. You see, so we have more in the Holy Spirit than what the Hebrew language caters for. Can that make... Uh, that will not be so popular in some circles. But that's true. Amen? And then I went for that, and, um, and I went for the three, because obviously there's, there's Trinity, and there's, there's three things, prayer, presence, and power. And what this person said to me on Friday night, he says, that word you gave me hit me like lightning. And it was ten minutes later, I went on my phone, and I said, this is what I designed this afternoon. So you can see how the Holy Spirit is not just ministering to us, but through us. And I want this for all of us. Like I say, this is, this is now for us. And this is what God speaks to Gideon. Amen? So, I mean, our ministry, I believe, is there to set a lot of things right. Amen? <laughs> to re redefine glossary terms. And if we think of power, like I don't know what your background is, or if you're just visiting with us, um, like, that's fine, you're welcome, but if you think of power and presence, I don't know what comes up, what stirs in your heart, what is your expectation? Because if I give the mic around the room now and I say, if you read that, prayer, presence and power, what is your expectation? You know, some people would not come to church if they see that, because they don't want to fall over. Because that might be your expectation of what it is. Now, when I was meditating on this, God, why do we have your presence? Why do we have your power? And what, what, what does prayer really do and, and accomplish? What's the purpose of prayer? And I was reminded that it's judges. 
where the Spirit came on them and then something amazing happened. You never really see, I'm still reading through it, but that the Spirit left them. But you can see over time that the Spirit needs to come on them again. So like Samson. Samson's a great example of how to not live your life. Amen? <laughs> but, but the Holy Spirit came on them to rule and to reign. Whether it was Samson or Gideon or there's a bunch of them. And then I'm thinking about the New Testament where Jesus says, go and wait in, 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 in Judea or go wait on the mountain and you will receive power. Why? Then he says, all power and authority has been given to me, to Christ, the risen Christ. He says, therefore, go into all the world. So he says, with that power and authority. And then we get Acts 1, where the Holy Spirit comes upon, which is the dunamis. It brings power. So the dunamis there is really the word for dynamite. I mean, so who grew up thinking Christians is boring? I did. My hands up. I was boring. <laughs> I know I was. You know why? Because I was in fear. I wasn't living in faith. I wasn't born again. I wasn't born from above. Now that I'm born from above, now my mind is in spiritual things. So I might be a bit weird to some people on earth, but like I'm very excited about life. Amen? So whenever we see God's presence and His power manifest, it is for ruling and reigning, not for falling down. Amen. You can fall down. I've fallen down once. But I got up and then I had to rule and reign. <laughs> then I had to do something with that power. And that's really the, the, the prayer and the presence and the power is not for a goosebump. I remember once on a ministry, um, I think it was a Saturday morning, we prayed for someone who had COVID and was really bad with it. And, um, and, and, and we got a, a message. This person was in uh, Johannesburg. And they said, well, it's really taken a turn for the worse. And as a congregation, we pray together. And I remember, um, I think Gavin Cox was here from Eastern, from the Eastern Cape. And he just said, listen, someone needs to take this over the line. You know, if you see um, a rugby match and they do a, a five meter line out. And then you just have this bonnel. I mean, you just have, we, we call it a, a rock and a mall, ladies. There's a name for it, by the way. I know to you it just looked like a, what they said, rugby is a bonnel sport for onderpresteerders. One of my teachers said. And they said your IQ is on the back of your, of your jersey. <laughs> I played number two, so then everyone would say, but what from Peter you from? And she would say, yeah, that's eight zonerings. But, um, Someone needs to get it over the line. And that's why this morning I didn't stop worship because I was getting it over the line. And I remember that morning we all prayed and I just felt the Spirit come upon me. No, that's wrong. Because the Spirit was already on the inside of me. I felt the Spirit rise up on the inside of me. And I felt, well, if no one else is going to take the mic and pray, I'll do it. No, I didn't. I went up to pray, and I wanted to pray three sentences in tongues and then pray in English, and I never got to English. don't know if some of you were there, if you can remember, but that was a powerful prayer. And it wasn't about me, it was about someone in Gauteng. And that person that afternoon turned around and the doctor said, well, we can take you off your oxygen. You see, this is really life and death. 
So my job of equipping you is so that we can all be lifesavers. Amen? We can all be powerful in prayer, powerful with God's presence and power. It's not just for the man from overseas or the man up there or the man who's going to be here on Friday night. Or You know these people like, maybe you're still there where you go from conference to conference to conference because you just want to find your healing. You just want to experience God. I experience God in my car alone like a lot of the times. Sometimes with worship music, sometimes without. So I want you to, to, to bring you and invite you into this presence and power. But, you know, if we don't know the purpose of anything, we'll misuse it. We'll misuse it. We'll, we'll cause damage. So the purpose, really, that I've been meditating on about God's presence and power, which we obviously step into through prayer, is to rule and to reign. Now, 1 Corinthians 4 and verse 20 speaks of a kingdom. Amen? What does a kingdom do? A kingdom is where a king rules and reigns. Okay? So there's authority there. There's power. So the kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. Okay, this church is really about the word. Amen? If you're a visitor with us, we go deep into the word. If you're in our ministry school, like you'll, you'll see we go even deeper there. But we cannot only have the word and not the power. God spoke this to me over the December holiday, and I've been meditating on it, and like, God, when are, when are we releasing this? And, and I feel the time is now. So the word logos there is something said, including thoughts. It can be also a topic or a subject of discourse, also reasoning in the mental faculty motive. It is also an extension of computation. So it says, the kingdom is not to be understood. The kingdom is to be enjoyed. I can't say enjoy, it's to be endured. No, there's endurance. Amen. But Romans 14, 17 says, and I've quoted it in, in, I want to say in prayer, in worship, it was prayer. There's righteousness, there's peace, and there's joy. Where? In the Spirit. In the kingdom of God. So how do we enter into the kingdom of God? Trick question. You receive the Spirit. You are translated from darkness to light. Now we think darkness, we think evil. No, it's just darkness. But now we're in light, now we can see. So, in Luke 4, verse 18, Jesus picks up the scroll of Isaiah, and He says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because He has anointed me. To preach the gospel. So the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Okay, this is before the resurrection. The spirit is upon. Why? The same reason that it was on Samson, on Gideon, on all of them. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty, freedom to the captives. Isn't that a a kingdom proclamation? You are free. Why? Because of Him. Because of the Son. You know, they say after the Second World War, I mean, they didn't have Instagram and Facebook and the, the, the networks and the communication that we have. So a lot of people were fighting the war a long time after it's, it was done. 
There were people on Japanese islands killing each other when the war was, was, was over. There were people in hiding when the war was over. Why? Because they haven't heard the good news that it is finished. To this day, people are hiding and fighting and spiritual warfaring and declaring and naming and claiming and proclaiming. Why? Because they don't know the gospel. They don't know the good news. They don't know that God is not angry. They don't know that the war is over. So we need to go and proclaim freedom. To whom? To the captives. Now, interesting, if you read Isaiah 61 in the King James, it does not include recovery of sight to the blind. But that's what God intended, so Jesus gives the full picture, amen? To set at liberty those who are oppressed. What we prayed here this morning was to set at liberty those who are oppressed by anxiety, depression, fear. Why can we do that? Because we've been anointed by the Spirit. The same Spirit who rose Christ from the dead now lives in you, Romans 8.11. Whatever He did, we should now do. We can do. We're invited to do. But He's not going to do it. All power in heaven and on earth has been given unto me. Therefore, you go. I'm not going. There's one place Jesus was going, and that was back to the Father. Amen? So that He could pour out that same Spirit, so that we could receive that Spirit, so that He now can have many sons and daughters. Amen? Many brothers and sisters. Verse 17 or 19, they says, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Isaiah added more. Jesus says, that's not from me. I'm not quoting that. Not vengeance and the wrath of God. He doesn't quote it. Go and compare Isaiah 61 to Luke 4. And the ministry school students, you should know what to do with that. Okay, so we have power to rule and to reign. To be strong and powerful. Now, 1 Corinthians 2 verse 3 says, And I was with you in weakness and in fear and much trembling. Paul says, I'm not this brave guy you think I am. Amen. In, in the flesh I'm weak and I'm in fear, I'm trembling. And in my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. It says, in myself I'm nothing, but in the Spirit there's power. And now there's demonstration of that. That means it becomes visible. He says in verse 5, That your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Amen. Our faith is not in who preaches and how good they preach. And like 1 Corinthians 3 says, Some is of Paul, some of us of Apollos. He says, Did any of us die for you? You should be of Christ. Amen? Amen. You should be of His Spirit, with His name, His anointing, His authority, His power. Verse 6 says, Howbeit we speak wisdom among them that are perfect. Paul said earlier, like, you call yourself saints. Now you can call yourself perfect. Amen. You are perfect in Christ. Amen. Make a note there. 1 Corinthians 2, 6 has some good news for you. Amen. Amen. You've been perfected in Christ. Amen. You are perfect, yet not the wisdom of the world, nor the princes of this world that comes to nothing. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom, which God ordained before the world. When did God come up with the gospel? 
So Jesus is not God's plan B. God living in you has always been the plan. That's why he put the tree of life there. The tree of the spirit life. But guess what? They just never ate of it. So that happens in when? Generation, generations. Genesis. <laughs> Genesis 3. And verse, say Genesis 2, Genesis 3, the fall. Okay, so right about there. Then God goes through all this effort, all this effort, to get to Revelation. And I think it's Revelation 2 and verse 7. It says, He that has an ear. Anyone here with an ear? Can you touch your ear? Okay, so if you have an ear... You need to hear. Amen? Your mom asked, your mom ook gesê, hoe kom het jy oor gekry? Som te luister. Hear what the Spirit says. Who's speaking? The Holy Spirit is speaking. To whom? To the churches. Welcome to church. Amen? We're here for a purpose. It says, to him that overcomes, I will give to eat of what? The tree of life. Wow. Okay, so where does that idea come from? Genesis. So it was always God's intention that we eat of the tree of life. Which is in the midst of where? Eden. The paradise of God. So what is the Bible all about? It's about restoring the way to the tree of life so you can eat of the Spirit and actually live forever. Why? So that you can rule and reign with the King in His kingdom. So I've been thinking about ruling and reigning. And um, we once in our ministry had a 12-week series on reigning in life from Romans 5 and verse 17. 12 weeks. It's a long time. I mean, you think you understand what's going on there after 12 weeks. We're going to go to Romans 5 and verse 17. And it says that there's a reigning in life. Why? Because of righteousness. Okay? There's a reigning in life through the one, which is Jesus the Christ. Now, I've been meditating on this for a while. You know, it says, For by one man's offense, that's Adam, death then Reigned. Okay, so now, what is the opposite of death? It's life. So how do we counter darkness? With light. How do we counter death? With life. Much more, those who receive what? An abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. So just bear with me for one moment. What is... How do we get righteous? What is righteousness? Righteousness is being right with God. Amen. So what do we, how, how do we ascertain? Is that a good word? It's a big word. How do we ascertain to righteousness? How do we obtain righteousness? That's what I thought. It is true. It's fine. It's right. 1 Corinthians, um, 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, He who knew no sin became sin so that we could be what? Be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. How, do we, how, are we, how are we made 
righteous through faith in Christ. And then that's, the, that's, that's then not the gift. It's for free, but it's a making, it's a changing of your nature. Because just hold on with me, it, 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 it gets better than what I thought it was. <laughs> so you are made righteous because of the one Jesus Christ. And by putting faith into His name and who He is and what He did. But now it says there is a gift of righteousness in Romans 5.17. And I've been meditating on what is the gift then? Now what if we say, when you are righteous, when you are made righteous, then there's a gift for those who've been made righteous. Just, Just hold on. Remember, we're reigning and ruling through power, prayer, and presence. Now, this says that we reign in life through an abundance of grace and a gift of righteousness. Now, this is, this is where it happens. Amen? And I was meditating on it, and I checked this with Shane, and we had a, a good chat. I need to read on to see what I'm getting at. Amen? So I'm not saying we're not righteous. I'm not saying we need to pay for our righteousness. I'm saying we are 100% righteous when we're in Christ. As right as Jesus is with God, that is how right you are with Him if you're in Christ. You just saw the verse, 2 Corinthians 5.21. He who knew no sin became sin, exchanging a place with us so that we could be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Okay, so that's, for me, that's more positional. Amen? You're now in Christ and now you are righteous. So just hang with me for a moment and let's explore this. How do we get to rule and to reign? That's the question we have here this morning. Because we are called, we are purposed to rule and to reign. So it's a, therefore verse 18, As by the offense of one judgment came upon all men to condemnation, even so by the righteousness of one the free gift came, Upon all men unto the justification of life. So there's a gift, and that gift gives life. Justification of life. When you get the gift, you have the right to life. Anyone with me? Okay? So now we need to explore what is that life. The word there is Zoe, by the way. John 10 10, Jesus says, I come to give life in abundance. I came to give Zoe, God's kind of life. The spirit kind of life. Amen? So we go to verse 19. It says, For by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. You see, there's the word made again. So there's a gift of righteousness, which is making you righteous, but I believe then there's a gift to the righteous. Which means you need to be righteous to receive the free gift. Now, the fact is, God is so good that you became righteous for free as well. By what? Faith. Just hang in there with me. You might think I smoked my socks this morning. They are clean, I promise. Just check the word made. Made. Verse 21 says that as sin has reigned unto death, even so may grace reign. Okay, this is the kicker. So in verse 17 it says we reign through an abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness or the gift to the righteous. Now it says that grace might reign through 
righteousness. But that's not where it stops because the word to says you are... Look, look, think just logically for a moment. So grace reigns through righteousness. So you need to be righteous for grace to reign. But then because you're going through, you're going to. To where are you going? You're going to eternal life. And how do you get there? Through Christ Jesus our Lord. Okay? I still see big question marks. If you're righteous, let me give you that. If you're righteous, you're right with God. Amen? But it doesn't mean you live forever. Righteousness doesn't mean eternal life. Just be righteousness, justification. Righteousness now is the justification to eternal life. See, the problem is this happens so quick that it all feels like it happens together. Now it happens that we have been reigning unto death, but no longer. But now grace reigns through righteousness to eternal life because of Jesus Christ our Lord, or through Him. He's the one who makes this all available. Let's jump to the next chapter, Romans 6. Verse 22 says, But now, say, but now, but now, being made free from sin, and become servants to God, you have your fruit unto holiness, and at the end, what? Everlasting life. So you've been going, because of righteousness, through Jesus, to life eternal. Okay? So we're living the eternal life already. It says, for the wages, the payment of sin is death, but the gift... You see there, that was the key word. The gift unto the righteous. Now the gift of God is not righteousness. It is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. To whom does He give it? To those who have already been made righteous. Which is also for free, by the way. Does that help anyone? It just increases, like you have the balloon of eternal life, righteousness, peace, joy, everything God has given you. But now we're just blowing up the balloon so now you can see it more clearly. So because of righteousness, you can live in grace through Jesus and now you receive what? Eternal life. What is the only life, the only form of life that's, being, that, that's eternal? The God kind. God is the only eternal one. So how do you live forever? You need to become one with God. It's pretty cool, isn't it? So eternal life, I'll show you now, is really the Spirit. So when you receive the Spirit, you receive eternal life. Okay, so eternal life is not, like Shane says, heaven is not a planet. We think we're like Elon Musk, we're going to go to heaven like he wants to go to Mars. We're not going there. We are seated in Christ already, where? In the heavenlies, in the spiritual. So this is all spiritual truths, amen? So now we go to Romans 8. You see, you can't just read Romans 5 when you think what, that's what it's about. You need to keep on going. It says, and 
Verse 9, I'm reading Young's literal, and you are not in the flesh. Where are you? In the Spirit. If when, indeed the Spirit of God does dwell in you, and if anyone has not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. So remember we spoke about the judges and Samson and those guys where the Spirit came upon them. Now it says, but the Spirit now dwells in you. Let's just take an ad break. So Noah built this beautiful boat. And even the cats, you know there's a saying, herding cats. Even the cats obey. Amen? That's the miracle. I'm not a cat person, but I know there's some of you here, so I love you. Reinhardt, I love you. <laughs> even the cats obey. Amen? And then the water resides, but you know what? There was no windows where they could see. There was an opening so they could look up. Now what he does is he puts a crow out, and the crow is all the car. And he puts a dove out, and the dove comes back. Puts the dove out again, and the dove comes back with an olive branch. Which is a sign of peace and freedom. Amen? He puts the dove out again, and the dove doesn't return. All with me. Jesus comes and he's born of Mary. And he's 30 years old. And he goes to be baptized by John, his nephew. And what happens? The Spirit of God in the form of a dove that's been hovering since the days of Noah finds resting place in the wine. And how does John know that Jesus is the Son of God? He says, the one on whom you see the Spirit come down and remain. Come down and abide. You see, so what I'm trying to do here is I'm showing you that God is the same. That His plan was always for us to have eternal life. But they just ate of the wrong tree. So for all the history that we see in the Bible, they never fully enter into perfection, ruling and reigning like God planned. Until Jesus shows up. Now the Spirit doesn't come and go. The Spirit abides. And He stays. And then Jesus pours that Spirit out on us. And now it abides on us. He says, now if the Spirit dwells in you. Wow. Okay, but who is this for? Is this for the super holies, those called to ministry, those up front? Those who have been baptized by the Spirit? In the Spirit? It says very clearly that if you do not have the Spirit, you are not born again. So which then says, for me, which I'm very logical, if you are born again, then you have the Spirit. Because what does born again mean? It means you're going to live forever. How do you get born again? Through the seed. What does seed give? Seed gives life. What is the seed? The incorruptible message of the gospel of who God is. Why did the Spirit come on Jesus? Isaiah 61, the Spirit of God is on me to give seed, to preach the gospel. 
It's not to brood broken hearted, that's a different type of miracle, and to set the captives free, that's a different type of It's all the same thing, he's just using different metaphors. Being translated from darkness to light. Light, sight. The dead of life. It doesn't mean that there's no miracles. It means that we should all do miracles. Jesus said to his disciples, why don't you deal with this? Why do you wait for me? And then he cast out the demon. They were not even made perfect. But what did they have? Authority. He gave them his name. And he sent them out two by two. Now we have the power and the authority. Even more so. So you can, you can phone me and say, hey, my neighbor is sick, come and pray for him. Or you can phone me and say, hey, my neighbor was sick, I prayed for him. You can do the math, how are we going to do more as a body? Verse 10. And if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit, the word is there is in italics, which means it's only added to make grammatical sense. So when we see italics in our Bibles, we need to go investigate if it should be there. Now it can be there. The spirit is life. Well, the spirit life. Why do you have the spirit life? Because of righteousness. What is the gift to the righteous? The love of the Spirit. The Aramaic there can be translated for the cause of righteousness. See, so when we read from Romans 5 and we go all the way to Romans 8 verse 10, then we see what God is really Meaning. So I'm asking you then, this morning, how do we reign in life? You need to be made righteous. How do you get made righteous? You believe and you receive. Can I say you believe and you allow God to make you righteous? I gave my heart to God many times. Many, many, many times. But I tell you, in 2007, I changed. Because I gave me. I gave over. You see, God doesn't just want your heart. He wants your life. Because He wants to give you a new life. He wants to give you a spirit life. He wants to give you an eternal life. Not just an eternal heart. I know we use those words to say, He knocks at the door and He wants to enter. Yes. But the heart is the seed of thought. It's the soul's realm. It's where we have emotions. And it is the source of life. He wants all of you. Amen? So if, you, if you've never really experienced that fullness, maybe God wants more than your heart. How do you get that? You believe in your heart. And you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, that Christ was risen by the Father from death. Romans 10 verse 9 and 10. 
which incidentally is not far from where we are right now. You become righteous and then you receive the Spirit. How do we rule and reign? Through an abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness which includes the power of God and the Spirit of eternal life. What is Jesus's? There's two brothers. They're called the sons of thunder. James and John. They want to rule and reign with Jesus, don't they? They want to call fire down from heaven. Such a godly idea. And Jesus says to them, "What? You don't know of which spirit you're of." So we don't rule and reign. Through calling fire down from heaven. We rule and reign through an abundance of grace. And the gift of righteousness which includes the spirit and eternal life. The dunamis power of God. How do we then subdue kingdoms that is against the kingdom of God? I'm not wanting to say how do we do spiritual warfare because then you get weird. But that's what I just said. Through an abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness, the spirit of God and eternal life. How do you subdue evil, darkness? You switch on the light. How do you deal with death? You bring light. You bring life. I was reminded of um, this is Snow White when she comes into the dwarf house, and you can see it's men living there. It's, it's male dwarfs now because it's dirty and it's filthy and it's just a chamosh. Not now you can smell on, when you go to the movies in some places. So I believe when you go to see that scene, there will be a, a smell, which you would, know, would be um, not so pleasant, amen? But what does she do? She opens the windows. And she lets light stream in. And then the birds come and life comes. You see, some people in our lives, we just need to open the windows for them and say, Hey, God loves you. Hey, this is who God is. Hey, this is the true gospel. Hey, God doesn't just want to make you righteous. Yes, He does. But the righteousness now has the justification unto life eternal. So yes, you're made righteous. That's for free. Yes, you're justified. That's for free. But Christian, let us not stop at the foot of the cross. But let's live as seated in heaven to rule and to reign. How? By abundantly loving people, having abundant grace, sharing the gospel abundantly. What happens when people receive the gospel? Same that happened to you and me. They're made righteous. They're justified unto eternal life and they receive the Spirit of God. Then there's more of us. Amen? So the job gets a little easier. That's discipleship and that's what we're really all about. We want to help you to gather, to get born again. If you're not born again, come get born again. Born from above, born of the Spirit. Get filled with God's power, man. Why not? Life is boring without it. But then once you have it, let's live this life. As if we have His presence and His power. You see, one of the reasons I think we forget is that we, we're so used to it. 
I can't remember what it feels like. I can a little, but not really what it feels like not to have the Spirit. But I remember I was up and down like a yo-yo. What it was to be stuck in legalism and performance mentality towards God. Trying to please God, trying to appease God, trying to be good enough, do enough. You know what the funny thing is? I'm doing much more now because of an abundance of grace than I ever did out of performance. Because performance is where? In the flesh. And the flesh cannot, cannot attain to righteousness. And the flesh cannot please God, only faith does. And faith is a gift of the Spirit. See, this all comes together so beautifully. Verse 11 then. What is this Spirit? Where do we get it? The Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead. Now, if you were the devil, I hope none of you are, and you had one chance to keep Jesus in the grave, I believe earth was sort of pleasant and peaceful at that stage because I would send every demon in my army to Jerusalem. Now, there's no scripture for this. I'm just making a, making a point. So his highest power was not enough. It says even the, the princes of this world thought they were clever. And if they knew what they were doing, they would have never have crucified our Christ. But the same Spirit. Where did we speak of the measure of the Spirit? It was in the Bible study, I think, on, on Tuesday. God does not give a measure of the Spirit. He gives the measure of the Spirit. There's only one Spirit, there's only one measure, and that's the full measure. So that is what you have. Christian, the same Spirit who raised Jesus from the dead. Where is He now? He doesn't come upon you. He dwells in you. You know the word dwell is similar to abide. It is where you are in place, in time. So you are all now in the exchange building, level one. What is this? The, the west wing. And you are here at 10.19 on the 21st of May. But you know what? You are not all here in your mind. Some of you are already thinking about the coffee or when is this guy going to finish or I would never have come if I knew it would go this long or what is the lunch like. So if you're not here in your mind, then you're not here in three dimensions, if you will. When the Word speaks of the Spirit abides and dwells, it is His there in place, in time, and in his mind. He's not thinking of where he's going next. Why not? Because he's got nowhere to go. You are God's final destination. You are the paradise of God. Paul says you are his garden. Where does the garden come up? Eden. Where's the tree? In the garden. Where's the kingdom of God? On the inside of you. 
So Christians, brothers and sisters, on Friday morning I was driving to Manakeer at uh, just before seven, and I saw people on crutches, and I came in from the night shelter side. So you see the brokenness, and you see the hurt, and you see you see poverty, and it was load shedding. So you see darkness. <laughs> and I just felt the spirit of God drop into my heart. He says, "What are you waiting for?" I want to ask you that question this morning. What are we waiting for? Are we waiting for revival? Are we waiting for a pour out of the Spirit? Are we waiting for a move of God? You're going to wait a long time. Because the Spirit's been poured out. God did send His Son. And He says, now work out your salvation. Not work for it. Why? Because if you've been made righteous, if you've been justified unto life, and if you have the Spirit of God that's actually going to live forever, what more do you need? And yet it's not a Spirit that comes upon and goes. No, it's a Spirit that dwells. The Spirit has found its final destination in you. The beauty now is, let's invite some. Let's invite more people. I mean, and I'm not saying just to church, like, we can get more chairs, we can buy more chairs, that's not the point. But you all are going to encounter people this week that I'll never meet. Whether at work, in class, online, family. So how can we be successful after hearing this message? It's if we all go and rule and reign through an abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness by operating in the Spirit and enjoying the presence and the power of God through prayer. You see, you don't pray to move God. You pray to stir up the gift that you've already got. You pray to fan into flame the Holy Spirit that's already on the inside of you. Because the Spirit is willing. God, if it be your will, the Spirit is willing. Where is the problem? The flesh. The flesh is weak. Amen? Amen. Have I woken you up just a little bit this morning? The Spirit, life. The Spirit is life. Find more of our free teachings on our website, www.gracelife.ca. And if you're ever in the Stellenbosch area, we invite you to join us for one of our gatherings. Our aim is to help you discover Jesus, find family, and experience life. To contact us, or to find out where and when we meet, visit our website, www.gracelife.ca.